It's a slice of life coming of age tale that takes us back to George Bush's America. Today's episode, Boyhood versus Ladybird. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. I'm Shady, the rebellious loudmouth sister with dyed hair, and with me is my co-host John, the introspective and earnest brother who should really get a haircut. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It, you know applies, it applies to both movies. It does? I was about to say <laughs> Samantha definitely dyed her hair at some point. Yeah. Can you see my can you see my face when I move away my my yeah. imaginary oh. bangs? Oh man, you had one eye covered and now it's uncovered. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so as we said today's movies we are doing Boyhood and Ladybird. Boyhood was released in 2014, written and directed by Richard Linklater as a 97% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and 100 out of 100 on Metacritic. And that is out of 50 positive reviews. Damn. Um, and the IMDb summary for that is the life of Mason from early childhood to his arrival at college. Yeah. Yes. There's more in there, but yes. Stuff happens, I think. A lot of growth happens. A lot of growth happens. <laughs> Relationships, you know, that kind of thing. And then... Um, from 2017, we have Lady Bird, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, with a 99% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and a 94 out of 100 on Metacritic, which is a great score, but compared to that Boyhood one, man, what the fuck? Nothing's going to compare to the Boyhood. I mean, it is, it too is out of 50 reviews. Wow. Um, 49 were positive. However, when you look at the positives, like, they're not all hundreds. So. Okay. That's why. And then there's one mixed review, which okay. I think the mixed gave it a 60. So still on the higher end. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the IMDb summary is in 2002, an artistically inclined 17 year old girl comes of age in Sacramento, California. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So before we get into these movies, John, you were the one who pitched this episode, these two specific movies. I did. I so um, did. Do you mind me asking why these two particularly? Because I remember seeing Lady Bird. Because I remember <laughs> seeing Lady Bird in theaters, and as soon as I left, I was just like, "This is very similar to Boyhood." Hmm. So when we you know jumped to three years later when we are finally doing this um i was just like we have to talk about these movies hmm. uh, because they have they do have a lot of similarities they do have a lot of differences but like i never would have connected these movies if you didn't suggest this episode i like they're yeah. so different in scope they're so different in theme valid like <laughs> I, would, I mean, I know, I know watching them back to back, I was just like, oh, they're not the same. This was a mistake. <laughs> but I mean, 
that's why we're here. We're here to talk about these things because I'm probably not the only one that has made this connection. It was interesting to me that this popped up on our list because Boyhood was one of those movies. I came out of it and I was like, there is almost no movie I could compare this to. There is no movie outside of documentary filmmaking that gives me a similar experience. Well, luckily, three years later, Greta Gerwig had an idea. <laughs> but hers is closer to something like The Edge of Seventeen or something a little more typical coming of age. Uh, I know. The only movie that I can really think of to compare Boyhood to is Hoop Dreams, and that's a documentary. I mean, they, the endings, too, is probably what made me connect it to each other. To be fair. Okay, because they both end with them at college. They both end with them at college, but they both have an argument with their mom before they go to college. And really, it's upsetting that both of the IMDb blurbs like gloss over the mother's arc because it's I know it's really about the <coughs> child, but the mom in each story, like her arc. I would say I would argue is the movie. I, I mean, mean the- I, I mean, I agree that both of the mothers have huge arcs, and I think it's very telling that Patricia Arquette won the Academy Award for Boyhood for Best mm-hmm. Supporting Actress, and Laurie Metcalf was nominated, and in my opinion, should have won. Um, but that's for other podcasts where we talk about. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't yell enough or curse enough in it, and the Academy really likes when a lady does that. So. Or shaves their head and loses 20 pounds. I've <laughs> um, uh, blown away by both of their performances and everything. Um, I would almost say, though, that Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird reminds me more of Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. That their arcs are more similar, in my opinion. So, like, finding their relationship with... I mean, I'm not comparing the mom arcs to each other by any means i'm just saying that they both had an arc oh okay yeah in their respective movies that were um on par with the main character yeah okay i see that because i see what you're saying now i do agree with you that ethan hawk's dad character in boyhood is the same as um marion the character mm-hmm. in Lady Bird, where they're both trying to figure out how to have a relationship with their child. Granted, I mean, Hawk is like um, Mason Sr., I should say. Let me use character <laughs> names. <laughs> uh, Mason Sr. is a divorced dad, mm-hmm. and his son, he barely sees his son. So it's like that little... Um, push and pull where it's like, what are we doing? You know, how do I, right. How do Um, I talk to you? Right. They go about it in different ways, but both of their arcs is very much, how do I communicate with my child? Right. Um, Whereas Uh, uh, Olivia or Liv in uh, Patricia Arquette's character in Boyhood, her arc is more about herself than her relationship with her kids, but it's because she hasn't learned how to be independent from her role as a mother. I mean, she says it right away. Right, yeah. In that's, the beginning. Right, she's like, I was somebody's daughter and then I was somebody's mother. Like, yeah, so she doesn't learn how to be independent. 
Right. Like even after she gets, she finishes her education and she gets her dream job and she's just like, fuck, the next thing for me is death. You know what I'm realizing? My life is just gonna go like that. This series of milestones, getting married, having kids, sending Samantha off to college, sending you off to college. You know what's next? Huh? It's my fucking funeral. I fucking love Patricia Arquette in this movie. She's so great. Um, but even Marion has kind of a similar vibe where she's pissed at Lady Bird for going to NYU. But then um, you see her have that same, have a similar, I should say, not the, not the same, similar breakdown when she doesn't say goodbye to her, her daughter. Mm-hmm. So like both the moms clearly are seeing their mortality and like they're losing their baby because they're because another similarity the protagonist is the younger of two siblings you're welcome world but (laughs) mason like driving himself to college and his mom who correct me if i'm wrong but every year they're in a new house right pretty much every year um yeah, that they move around a lot. They live in at least five different houses throughout this movie. When she's in the last and final, allegedly, house, um, it's smaller than what she's than what Olivia's used to, and she's now alone because mm-hmm. you know she's a single, single mom, divorced three times, twice. Twice. She was never actually married to Jim, but she did live with him. Fair. I mean, they were a serious relationship, not a... Right. Yeah. No, she she says outright that she's twice divorced, and we know that she was married to Mason Sr. and Bill, and also her and Jim together, you never see wedding rings on either of them. Okay. And then Marion in Lady Bird has a family. Her son and his girlfriend do still live with her, live with them, so, like, they have... Right. And, and her child. son. Right. And her son also, even if he ends up moving out, he does have a job nearby. So he's clearly going to live somewhere very close to that. Yeah. But like, it's one thing to have one child. I mean, uh, she probably wants to have both children there. Always and right. forever, Alyssa Edwards. I never read Marion's arc as being about becoming an empty nester. Um, I thought it was more about her coming to terms with the fact that Lady Bird was, you know, not what she would say grateful for her upbringing. It at many points seemed ashamed of what she had. She was mad that she was going to NYU because she did it explicitly behind her back. The only reason she ever states that she wants her to go to school in California is because it's cheaper. It's money. I think it's also full disclosure shady and i are not parents <laughs> we have parents but we're not parents <laughs> thank god I, I think with marion's ending arc too more so at the end not necessarily throughout the whole movie she's seeing her daughter become an adult which i feel like parents for parents it's a little hard to grasp that obviously she's pissed she's hurt she's all these other emotions but like she's also realizing her daughter is becoming her own human an adult and starting her life anew somewhere like i went to school eight hours away from my parents still in state but like it was more like mason 
but it was still far enough away that like they probably couldn't easily like go down the road you know what right. i mean yeah i also found other similarities in these that are very minor but i was like they're worth it for this goddamn <laughs> um i have 2002 is the start of the year in both films right Boom. i mean granted in ladybird it's basically no it's 2002 into 2003 yeah because it starts it's a whole school year so it's over a calendar year because they start in like mm, i want to say about august 2000 yeah she's still touring colleges which if you're doing that senior year it's probably just at the beginning of the school year yeah yeah, no, well, we see the first day back too. So it's probably, that's why I'm saying August. Because okay. usually they, I don't add, know. they start schools around Labor Day. Right. I don't after. know when California starts school. I know some states do it much earlier than where I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, was, that's fair. And this yeah. is a Catholic school, so they have their own rules too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, August, September, sometime around there. Um, what else do I have? I mean, both are protagonists are artistic in a way yes uh obviously slice of life i mean duh um i would say the songs are a character in both movies i know for boyhood it was used as a device uh to show you what year it was right uh as well as technology and all that but with ladybird they it was a little more obviously a little more hollywood in approach. Yeah, yeah it, it's curated in different ways because during Boyhood, this was filmed at the period that it was set in, which is incredibly unique. Um, so it was sort of, they curated their own songs that they were just kind of like, in 12 years, people will know what this is, right? Whereas with Lady Bird, it was, you know, they're already filming this more than a decade after it's set. So they can pick whatever songs from that period they want and trust that, well, people still know this song, people still know what time period this song's from. Yeah. I'm gonna end it up talking about love. <laughs> Talk about love. Both Mason Jr. and Lady Bird have like one serious relationship. I'm calling it serious. Mm, I would also disagree, but we're defining serious a different way, I think. I would call Sheena Mason's serious girlfriend because she's the one that A, we see the longest, but B, mm-hmm. they have like really in-depth conversations when he's old and he's older too. Right. She so, also, a lot of her reactions to him also help the audience figure out what's been evolving within him through the time that we don't see because we yeah. skip around so much. We skip large chunks of his life. And I'm calling Kyle serious for Ladybird because she loses her virginity to him. Right. I know I'm 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 playing with our rules here, but god damn it, it's our podcast. <laughs> I, I my only argument would be that I would also consider Danny a serious relationship because it was her first heartbreak. Um, even though it obviously meant something different to him than it did to her. So was her relationship with Kyle. That was something different to him than it was to her. Ooh, and it, okay. it, it still had an effect on her, even though it wasn't reciprocal. Yeah, because he's clearly gay when you first meet him. I mean, come on. How could you not? 
All right. <laughs> there are giants in the sky. Uh, uh, that song is so hard to sing, and I'm so happy he did it. I, I love Lucas Hedges so much, and he needs to win his Oscar already so he can stop doing all of these A24 movies where he clearly just wants his goddamn Oscar. <laughs> all right, so... Well, do you want to get into some differences? Well, I was going to ask, do you have any others? Did you find any other similarities between the two? Um, Besides the, the fact that they're a slice of life. <laughs> right. The dynamic between siblings is similar, but um, age flipped. But you do have, like, you know, I alluded to in the intro, the bro- there's a brother and a sister in the main family. And the brother is the more introspective one. He's quieter, but he's also, like, you get the sense, at least, that he's more intelligent. Um, whereas the sister is more openly rebellious, a lot louder, dyes her hair. Um, and is maybe, she's more openly combative with the mother. Um, But it's different because in Boyhood, Mason, the brother, is the one we are following the most, and he's the younger one. And then in Lady Bird, we're following Lady Bird, who's also the younger sibling, but she's the rebellious sister to Miguel. Yeah, she she is, they're both, both the women, the girls, are, uh, argumentative with their mothers yeah which i do think also that's something that i've observed in real life i can't say it for my own family because i am from a family of all sisters um but i have seen in a lot of other families that have one boy one girl the boy tends to be a little bit closer to the mother and the girl tends to be a little bit closer to the father at least during teenhood are you reading my family right now to phil (laughs) Um, you know what? I'm going to f- say this is another similarity in a way. Mm-hmm. Both the leads are very, have major attitude problems. Oh, yeah. In their own way. I don't know what's up Lady Bird's ass, but at least Mason, you can chalk it up to him being a child of divorce. Right. He's also somebody who's, he's a sensitive artiste and he's constantly being barraged with all, this is how you be a man. Um, and he fights back against that a lot. Toxic masculinity. Maybe one other similarity. Both of these movies take place in a very specific setting that has Mm -hmm. a big effect on how this character grows up, but it's done differently. In Lady Bird, it's Sacramento, California, and She's learning as she's trying to leave Sacramento that actually she kind of loves it. She always thought she hated it and wanted she to escape. She a love-hate relationship with it. Right. Um, whereas Mason is moving all around Texas all the time, hundreds of miles away. Um, but it's such a specifically Texas story that he has. Um, full disclosure, I did not know that Texas had its own Pledge of Allegiance until I saw this movie. <laughs> but are you surprised? I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, the, the part that also hits me is when they go shooting after his birthday. Oh, and he, like, his, his new step-grandparents uh, give him a Bible and a shotgun for his birthday. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, that's very Texas right there. Yes, yes. Okay. And, and he sort of, again, he has this interesting relationship with the state of texas because he goes from houston to austin to i think they live in corpus christi at one point um 
they live close to San Antonio at some point, like they're moving hundreds of miles away, but it's all within this one state that that's the state where Richard Blankletter himself grew up and that's very clearly sort of colored his perspective He's, on life. He still is in Texas when he goes to school, right? No, he goes yes. out of state. No, he stays in state. He just gotcha. goes to a very different part of the state. Okay. Texas is oh, big. That's, that's another similarity too that I don't know if you mentioned or if you did, we didn't really like in-depthly talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's the both of these are pseudo autobiographical for the directors. Right. Done. But... <laughs> <laughs> Silence. Just like, yes, next. <laughs> right. But in, in that way, they also differ from their writer directors in different ways as well. Um, obviously, Lady Bird is set in 2002, 2003, which was when Greta Gerwig herself was a senior in a Catholic school in Sacramento, California, and graduated and then moved to New York. But she claims that Lady Bird is nothing like her. She was a very sort of straight-laced, uh, well-behaved teenager. And mm, right, yeah. Lady oh. Bird is maybe more of an expression of how she maybe wishes she was or something. Was her friend? Yeah. Like maybe she was Julie and right. she had and a friend she, like Lady right. Bird? And she just decided that that friend is a more compelling main character, um, which I mean, I personally would watch a movie about Julie. I love Julie. Beanie Feldstein as Julie. It is the titular role. No. That scene where they're singing, crying in the car after uh, they find at the cast party where they find Danny making out with somebody, <laughs> and, and they're singing Julie, Crash. But Julie realizes that the teacher that she's had the hots for she finds she meets his pregnant wife and they are singing crash i'm like same girl (laughs) i mean i'm also in love with her hot math teacher with a pregnant wife but But like that that emotion that they had at that moment where they're like both clearly devastated (laughs) and and like heartbroken and it's like we've all been there right (laughs) on the other hand with boyhood Obviously, Richard Linkletter is not the same age as L.R. Coltrane during the same period. He did not grow up in the 2000s. But he kind of... Did he take moments of his life, but then bumped up the age? Bumped up the years? Um, From what I understand, yes. I believe he was also a child of divorce who bounced around to different towns in Texas. His father was very similar to Ethan Hawke's character. But, like, obviously his relationship to technology or to certain pop cultural artifacts were very different. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's basically what he did, though, was that right. he... A lot of writer-directors don't do that. They just set something that's based on their own lives in the time period that they would have been that age. We're looking at you, Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. I mean, I don't <laughs> blame her, because if she said it in modern day, she'd have to, like, worry about smartphones and shit. And Oh, It'd be such a different movie at that point. Right? Also, smartphones make for bad movies. Every movie should just be set in 2002 from now on. (laughs) Three and four. Okay. 2005, you're you're pushing it a little bit, but... 2005, you can just get away with it, but that's like one of those things where like Mean Girls aged poorly immediately because it was like one of the last teen movies where Twitter and Facebook and Instagram were not big things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So what's the big thing you want to talk about? Oh, well, one of these movies 
it takes place over a single school year. And yeah. another, another one takes place very famously over 12 years of time. Yeah, I wrote it so. all down. <laughs> it was really fascinating looking for the, like, websites that had the breakdown of, like, when they're in a new year. Oh, you just look at their hair. Well, yeah, but then there's one scene where, then there's the head shaving scene. Yeah. But that had, which leads into another day. And it's just like, what the fuck? What year am I in? It's intuitive. You see him with, he gets his head shaved. You see him with his head shaved. And then you see him with longer hair. So it's a new year. (laughs) And they play a song right before they show him with longer hair. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we've obviously talked about the one's the boyhood and the other one is the lady birdhood so (laughs) female obviously one's the boy one's the girl right they masturbate differently going back to this is related to just the time span that they take place in but one thing that's really notable to me about boyhood is it skips over almost every major event in mason jr's life and it just skips right to either something leading up to it or something falling down from it his mother gets remarried. We don't see the wedding. We see them come home from their honeymoon. We don't see him graduate either. Right. It skips right to after his graduation. Um, we only get one birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah, one birthday. And the other major life event is him going to college. But, like, that's how it had to end. Right. And we don't even, we do see, I always thought that when he goes touring to college with his girlfriend, Sheena, that that was when they lost their virginity to each other, but we don't know for a fact that that was their first time. Yeah, we just see them wake up in bed together and in the most awkward conversation ever. Um, In his sister's dorm room, his sister is staying with a boy that night. I have what creates drama as a difference. Okay. So Lady Bird and Marion can fight at the drop of a hat. Like, let's be real here. The Thanksgiving dress, when they're shopping, they're, you know, they're okay. Then they flare up. And then uh, Marion finds a dress and Lady Bird's like, ooh, I love it. (laughs) I've had so many of those shopping trips with my own mom. Yep. Yep. It's so, it was so real. Why didn't you just say pick up your feet? I didn't know if you were talking. You were being passive aggressive. No, I wasn't. You are so infuriated. Please stop yelling. I'm not yelling. Oh, it's perfect. I love it. But in boyhood, alcohol is used primarily as the um, method for drama. Right. I mean, very few of the conflicts are really caused by Mason. They're caused by the adults in his life. But like Un- Mason, until you get to like the end when he himself is growing up. I meant more so like I think more so like with Mason, there there is no conflict until alcohol really is involved. Because you okay. have who, who's the second husband? The the Jim Bob. or Bill? Yeah, Bill, the one okay. that shaves his head. Yes. Yeah, that's like the first time that there's really conflict for Mason. Like, there's really dramatic conflict, I should say. 
most of it leading up to that is just things the conflict is like oh we have to move or oh my sister you know just accused me of teasing her first and it's not major stakes or anything it's just right that's the first major stake right when they are driving around looking for olivia like oh boy um, oh and then when they walk home and she's on the ground in the garage crying and telling them to get in the house yep it's that's that's a frightening scene yep and and then you have jim who also i'm assuming he graduated at this point because he started as a student for olivia Mm -hmm. but then you see him in his corrector correction officer uniform yeah and you know mason is um experimenting with his look as (laughs) one does in high school we don't talk about my time um (laughs) may Wait, what year did he graduate? 14? Yes. 13. 14. Yeah. Yeah, I graduated high school in 2006. I had a... phase. I mean, me too. It was the height of the emo subculture. None of us knew what we were doing. Don't judge us. Nope, don't judge us. Uh, (laughs) But like, Jim gets wasted and you know yells at mason for that and then for coming home late and not listening to his mother and blah 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 blah. right and he also has a lot of male figures questioning his own masculinity except for really ethan hawk's character right which is why he's the most stable father figure or other male figure in the movie Yes, he is definitely... His whole thing is, he is a lovable, fun dad. He's just not a reliable dad in the beginning. And this movie is very much about also him graduating from his own extended boyhood into becoming a worthy father figure. And unfortunately, he's going to be a worthy father figure to his new son, Cooper. But there's still time for him to repair his relationship with Mason Jr. Um, I also have that... Mason is very straightforward with people in his life. Like yes. he doesn't beat around the bush. Lady Bird lies all the time. Yeah. And when she gets caught in that lie with what's her butt, ooh, that's a cringy <laughs> scene. Yep, yep. I first time I watched this movie, I wanted to hide under my chair in embarrassment for her. Um, I think I ducked like my my face into my shirt. Just to be like, <laughs> nope, I can't, I can't watch it. I totally cannot watch it. I do find that, like, the major character lessons for Mason Jr. and Lady Bird are different but complementary to each other. Uh, Where Mason, he's very much learning how to be his own person, how he's growing up to learn what independence really is and how to define his own personality and sort of stand above peer pressure and above the control of these various terrible father figures in his life whereas lady bird her whole arc is learn not to be a fucking asshole all the time lady bird because she's she's i love her she's very relatable for this reason she is an asshole she's just super insensitive and she needs to learn how to be more aware of other people and their struggles and learn how to be sensitive towards them especially her best friend julie She's so terrible to Julie. 
But and, yeah, let's let's talk more about Julie and the fact that at least Lady Bird has a best friend. Right, right. Well, that's one of the things that I love about Boyhood, but it does stand out a lot is outside of his family, people come and go from his life and it, I think it's very true to life where you have somebody who's a friend for, for certain phase of your life and then you outgrow each other or you're separated in some way and you have no more relationship with them. Granted, he, they do move a lot. So Right. I mean, and then, you know what? I'm going to save that for special features because it's a good question for you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Nicole. I hope you do. Yeah. Damn it. All right. We'll talk about it now. So there's, after he gets his head shaved, a girl in his class passes him a note. Her name is Nicole, and she has dark like hair. Cool. You look cool. K-E-W-L, which I definitely spelled cool that way when I was that age. So props for authenticity. But we don't know. I couldn't find if that's the same girl. It is not the same actress. Um, and Richard Linkletter has said in an interview, he was asked about that, and he was like, it could be the same Nicole, it might not be the same Nicole. Uh, it's up to the audience! It's not the God. same actress, though, so I'm inclined to say it's not the same girl. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Nicole! I'm sorry. You had one job, and it's to be the same person. I mean, it could be the same person if you want her to be. It's up to you. You get to make the choice. You get to help write this movie. Isn't that beautiful? I don't want the choose your own adventureness. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he only went to that school for like a couple of years, so she may as well be a different person, even if she is the same person. Kind of like season four of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. Deuces. Yes, that's it. That's it. All right. That wasn't a bad conversation, I have to say. No. Special features. Let's do it. Special features. Reach for the stars, grab the tiger by the tail. If I don't try, I'll never So what we do every episode, we each take a movie and we do further research. Um, we look for trivia and fun facts. And we hope to nerd out and surprise each other and hopefully you. And because John may or may not be a little bit sexist, he decided to <laughs> go with our like genders. So I identify as male and I picked boyhood. And since boyhood came first, I'm taking it. I'm going first. Do it. Fuck it. Um, okay. So we talked about Nicole. Great. All right. The Black Album, the, one, the album that Ethan Hawke gives to yeah. Mason. What it is, is best of John, Paul, George, and Ringo solo post-breakup. It's a real thing that Ethan Hawke gave to his daughter, Maya Hawke, during his breakup with Uma Thurman. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, that's so sweet. So not only did Richard Linklater pull from his life, but it seems like he pulled from aspects of uh, at least Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke's lives. Yeah. The camping scene with Ethan Hawke you know, where they go swimming and all that? Yeah. It was shot in, and I'm gonna say this wrong, Pendermelis Falls State Park. Okay. And apparently it was shot there illegally. Ooh. I mean, they, they had permission to shoot there, but um, there was no filming fees paid, apparently. Mm. And 
this is from IMDb, so feel free to like fact check me, good people. Yeah. Um, and the area where they swam in was closed for the public's for public swimming since 1977. <laughs> <laughs> so they illegally swam there. Um, and we talked about that it took 12 years of filming. Now, this is where it gets interesting. None of the actors were contractually obligated to return to film each year due to the de Havilland law under California labor code. Mm. Uh, it makes it illegal to contract employees for more than seven calendar years of work. And why does it sound familiar? Because it's named after Olivia de Havilland, the famous actress from the golden age of Hollywood, uh, after she sued Warner Brothers over her contract. Because she had like a seven year contract with them. Mm -hmm. And she only did like a certain number of movies in there and Warner Brothers was trying to pull some sort of shady shit about it. Mm. Uh, And the court was like, no, she worked for she worked for you for seven years it's fascinating to read it up if you have a chance to wikipedia look it up because it's so it's so interesting but this movie was apparently shot in 45 days technically yeah wasn't it about two weeks a year for most of them about a week okay however it literally took more than four thousand days to shoot it (laughs) and then and this is my sexy segue for you. Let's Richard do it. Linklater is doing this bullshit again. He's filming the musical Merrily We Roll Along for the next 20 years. 20. Yep. yep. With our good friend, Beanie Feldstein. Ah! Where there is darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. Why don't you take it away? Well, let's start right off there with Beanie Feldstein doing Merrily oh. We Roll Along because that is the show that that's the musical they do in uh in Ladybird. Oh my god, I didn't even connect that. Oh, I'm gonna yes! rub my nipples. Oh. It's Merrily We Roll Along, and oh man, it's great. Um, Wait, is she gonna be playing the same character? Hold I on. believe so. Well, speaking of Beanie Feldstein, she is Jewish and American. So Sarah Ronan, who is Irish and Catholic, taught her all of the prayers that they do in the movie. Conversely, <laughs> Beanie Feldstein taught Sarah Ronan the Pledge of Allegiance because Sarah Ronan had never heard of it before. <sighs> this means absolutely nothing, but it makes me happy. When they filmed the dance scenes for Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig wore a prom dress. Oh. Because she just wanted, she like has such a reputation. I mean, she only has two feature films under her belt, but she has such a reputation for really bonding with her cast. As and of now. Right, as of now, she's going to do more. Yeah. Saoirse Ronan, a lot of attention was paid to the fact that you can see her acne in this movie, which adds a lot of realism to it because in most teen movies, you have these teenagers with perfectly clear skin. And a lot of people, yeah. That was natural, not makeup? No, that was natural. Leading up to filming, she was working on a play, so she was stressed out from that. She was losing sleep, and her skin just sort of naturally broke out. And the makeup artist just looked at her and said, why don't we keep this? And Greta Gerwig was like, 
that's a fantastic idea. Let's just keep it. She's going to look natural. I guess we could say that that's another similarity with these two, that all the characters look natural. Yes. Yes, there is a big stress on realism in both of these movies. Because I even looked it up and I cut it from my um, my little notes about this, but uh, Patricia Arquette was told not to get plastic surgery on the film while mm. filming this. Hmm. So... Well, she shouldn't anyway because she looks beautiful. But no, I no can't. one should get plastic surgery. But like the the right. fact that she was told specifically not to, right. just because it would interfere. Yeah. Related to that, but going in a different direction, Lady Bird. Most of the main characters are not teenagers. Uh, Ronan was twenty three when they filmed. Beanie Feldstein was twenty four. Lucas Hedges, who plays Danny, was twenty one, so he was the youngest. And then. Timothée Chalamet, the the new hotness right now, was 22 uh, when he played Kyle. Let's move on to final thoughts. Uh, John, can you think of any other movies like these? I mean, what you said earlier, Edge of Seventeen could be seen as as this. I'm going to go out on a limb. And also say young adult. Okay, yes. Yes, yes. Young adult is a coming of age at a different age story. Right, but it's still dealing with similar ideals. Right, especially compared to Lady Bird where it is about her being Being a trash human monster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to throw this one in there. I mentioned it earlier, but the one that boyhood reminds me most of is Hoop Dreams, which is a documentary that followed young basketball players for five years and also clocks in at close to three hours. I think it's actually a little bit longer than Boyhood. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I'll add it to my list. Eighth Grade, I think, is another, I mean, that's another A24 movie, so it's aesthetically similar to Lady Bird and, you know, has a young girl with lots of acne. But she's also in eighth grade, so she's closer in age to Mason for most of Boyhood than to Lady Bird. Basically, A24 movies that are not horror. Right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Did we like these movies? Yeah. (laughs) You sound conflicted. I mean, I know Boyhood is an art house film. Mm -hmm. So obviously you should watch it. And you you know what? I'm gonna... gonna Go right to recommendations. Go go right through the next other two questions like would we watch them again and recommendations because they're kind of all similar um i would watch i would i'd like them i would watch it again it's boyhood though i have to be in a specific mood for oh and yeah to, like block out five hours to like prep myself mentally <laughs> before i watch it watch the movie and then sit there and cry a little bit because you know of my life being over um (laughs) (laughs) yeah but and i I would recommend you do the same where it's like make sure you're in the right headspace for it right it is not a movie you can just toss on no it's it's also a movie that like you have to be aware you're not watching a typical hollywood movie there's a story but it's plotless because the story yeah. is just watch time go by. Yeah. So 
Whereas Lady Bird is a Hollywood movie, but also it goes, the time goes rapidly slow. Mm-hmm. It, it, There's it, no it's, way to describe that. It savors like the small moments. Yes. Which both of them do to a different extent. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of with you. I love both of these movies. I mean, Lady Bird is one of my favorite movies. I can watch it at any time and I'll be happy. I can have it on in the background. I can pay attention to it the whole time. Boyhood, I revisit once a year because it's sort of become its own. My relationship to it changes every time I watch it because I'm a year older and I've had it, you know, different reflections on life. And um, It's your trip to Mecca. It reminds me, in a way, it's like the film version of a height chart when you're a kid and your parents measure mm. your height every year. Yes. That's, yes. I would recommend both of them. But same caveat, you know, you have yeah. to be right. in the right headspace and everything. Um, right. Can we rewrite the IMDb credit to say that? The IMDb <laughs> that though, where it's it's a height chart put in movie form. Yeah. <laughs> And it is, it's just one of those movies that I find it so interesting every time I revisit it. I connect to a different character more than I connect to every other character. So when I first watched it. I'm going to add another question for you right now. Who did you connect to this time? This time I very much connected to Ethan Hawke. Okay. Oh, and my favorite character who's not a character is the lady who is very horny for Obama. (laughs) The Obama lady. (laughs) I she's think that's so, her character name. Yeah, Obama she's, lady. she's so horny for him. Well, let's get to our big question. John, are these movies actually the same? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no. No. I'm they... sorry. I'm sorry. I had to talk about them. Oh, and it's good that we're doing it publicly yes. so I can hang my head and be shamed. No, no, no. I think I think it's good that we finally have an episode where both of us say no. Yeah. I mean, it's it was all- going to happen sooner or later. Eventually. Right. But I I feel like again, I'm not the only one that has made this comparison. Okay. I, I feel like there's maybe another one of you listeners out there who thought the same thing and since we talked about it you're like huh valid and move on with your day yeah Uh (laughs) no i mean i'm glad we had this conversation because there were a lot of comparisons to be made um that i had never picked up on before now having watched them back to back i was like okay there's stuff there there's stuff there but it's not enough we're like Uh other other one other episodes we've argued that there was enough similarities for them to be the same and the other person's like, fuck you, it's not. But <laughs> this, is, this is one of those cases where it's like, yeah, there's like similarities, but sometimes you have to really scrape the bottom of that barrel. Right. And, and it's also a lot of the similarities, again, are chalked up to the genre. A lot of them are, we can chalk up to both of them being indie movies just because... Yeah there's sort of an aesthetic quality that most indie movies share and they both strive for realism above expressionism. Well, if you strive for realism above expressionism <laughs> and you want to yell at me for suggesting these movies, you can tweet me on Twitter at movies, John, 
that is no H in John, or you can just search John underscore watches underscore movies. Again, I'm John without an H. John without an H. Um, that's that's from Zombie Prom. That's I'm from sorry. Zombie Prom, baby. <laughs> Love it. I remember we were talking about musicals that are done in high schools. Oh, oh. If you would like to tell me that your high school did merrily, we roll along. <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter at Cookie O'Shady, and it is spelled the way it sounds: Cookie O'Shady. And that's one word. That's Just all. Yeah, no underscore, nothing like that. Just to be um, clear to you, listener, it's one word. Yes. And then we have podcast social media. Ooh, podcast <laughs> socials. Ooh, that makes me feel official. Uh, you can email us if you want to, again, complain and yell at us, or more preferably be very nice and send us nice notes and maybe a suggestion for an episode. We would love that. Uh, you can, yes. <laughs> you can email us at moviedejavupod at g gmail.com i almost swallowed my tongue there i apologize oh, no <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's spelled m-o-b-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram at movie deja vu pod again spelled the same as the email or you can find us on twitter at movie deja vu no pod because us <laughs> we did that because, we did it because those the, the the twitter and the instagram take place in different years and there was a haircut in between oh <laughs> <laughs> all right shady crash into me hey everyone shady popping back in with a quick postscript for those of you who'd like to catch up on the movies for next week's episode before that comes out we're doing 2017's Crooked House and 2019's Knives Out. Thanks for listening to the episode. It's constant. The moments, it's just, it's like it's always right now, you know? But I wanted to tell you, I love you. Thank you. I'm... Thank you.